This program is brought to you by BibleWayMedia.org, overseen by the Uloga Church of Christ in Uloga, Oklahoma. So it's time for us to get started here today. I do thank you for joining me here on Bible Studies with Russ. I know we haven't done a live broadcast in a while. Uh, most of the time it's easier and uh, to pre-record these things, but uh, I thought this would be nice to do, try to do one at least uh, every once in a while. And so we're going to be doing, obviously we're doing that today. Uh, last time we were together, in our last study, we outlined several chapters, and we're going to outline chapters 18 and 19. We're not going to spend just a whole lot of time on it, and then get into chapter 20, is where, and from there we're going to spend uh, the bulk of, all, bulk of our time today. But if you look at chapter 18, <clears throat> if you look at chapter 18 of the book of Joshua here, uh, again, you have... Um, Beginning here in verse 1, looking at verses 1 and 2, he says, Now the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh, and set up the tabernacle of meeting there, and the land was subdued before them. But there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. Um, <clears throat> this is this is an important thing to happen as Israel assembled together at Shiloh. The tabernacle of the, of the Israelites was set up there. The Ark of the Lord uh, had been at Gilgal for the past seven years and evidently stayed at Shallow for the next uh, 130 years. Uh, also, I have here, <clears throat> excuse me, it might be of interest to know this was about in the center of the whole land that, that has been given to Israel. Um, verse 2 says here, but there, but there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. And so then, so from uh, following verses through verse 7, uh, three men are to be selected from each tribe, and they will examine the land and divide it among them uh, by lot. So that's verses 3 uh, through 7. We're not going to read all that. Like I said, we're going to outline this. And so, and 3 through 7, uh, men, three men are selected from each tribe, and they're going to examine the land and divide it among them uh, by lot. Dropping down to verse 8 uh, here. Uh, the Bible says, And the men arose to go away, and Joshua charged those who went to survey the land, saying, Go, walk through the land, survey it, and come back to me, that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord in Shiloh. And so here in verse 8 uh, uh, and, and, and in verse 9, the men do as they were charged to do in the, in the previous verses. In verse 10, as we'll see in a moment, uh, 10 through 20, Joshua cast a lot for them for the divisions of the land and the boundaries of the same. In verses 21 through uh, 28, the cities of Benjamin are set forth. And so all the way through verse 28, from verse 10 through verse 28, uh, you have just the casting of lots for land, just dividing and dividing. And you can read through all that. We're not going to today. And that brings us to chapter 19. Uh, in chapter 19, looking at verse 1, the Bible says, The second lot came out for, for Simeon, for the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families, and their inheritance was within the inheritance of the children of Judah. Now, verses 1 through 9 give the details of the lot given to Simeon. We're not going to go through all those, as I mentioned before. Uh, it's just listings and then 13 cities and their villages, four cities and their villages, and so on, uh, through verse 9. Uh, looking at verse 10, uh, we find from verse 10 through verse 16, discuss the lot given to Zebulun. <clears throat> Verses 10 through verse 16, uh, Joshua chapter 19, discusses the lot given to, to Zebulun. 
And then dropping down to verse 17, uh, verses 17 through verse 23 gives the information of the lot uh, to, to Issachar. And so the lot to Issachar, verses 16 through 23. And then verses 24 through verse 31 is a lot that was given to Asher. <clears throat> the lot given to Asher, verses 24 through verse 31. And then verse uh, 31 here is the sixth lot given to, to Naphtali, and it's discussed all the way down through verse uh, 39. So 30, 32 through 39 is a lot given to Naphtali. And then we drop down here, verse 40. The lot given to the tribe of Dan is discussed from verse 40 through verse 48. So the lot given to the tribe of Dan is from, from verse 40 through verse 48. And then in verse 49 and verse uh, 50, containing inheritance given to Joshua, in verses 49 and 50, the inheritance given to Joshua. And then verse 51 is a summary uh, statement about the inheritance. The inheritance is divided in shallow by lot to these tribes of Israel. And so that's 18 and 19 right there, just, again, dividing, 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 dividing. Uh, I don't desire to focus on all that. Uh, I don't have just a whole lot than what, a whole lot more than what is already there in the scriptures anyway. And so there's a brief outline of chapters 18 and 19, which bring us to chapter 20. And chapter 20, as probably many of you have in your Bibles, has to do with uh, the, the cities of refuge. Uh, looking at verse 20, uh, chapter 20, verse 1 says, The Lord also spoke to Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint for yourselves cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses. Uh, so, uh, this verse is the actual command of God through Joshua. These seas are to be appointed for the people by the hand of Joshua, which was originally spoken by the Lord to Moses. So, again, a lot, there's several times you find as it was spoken to Moses. So, you're going to do this as well. Um, and we find, again, it's the Lord who's appointing these cities. Uh, not Joshua. It's the Lord. He's literally doing it. The Lord speaks to Joshua and commands to appoint uh, these cities. And verse 3 says, uh, here why that the slayer who kills a person accidentally or unintentionally may flee there and they shall be uh, your, ref your refuge from the avenger of blood as uh, so now verses 3 really verses 3 through verse 6 explains the purpose of these cities uh, 3 through uh, verse 6 there needs to be some way to uh, for someone who unwittingly killed another, they need some way for them to go someplace so, until they can have a, a trial or, or something of that nature. <clears throat> a person might flee to one of these cities until he has an opportunity to be judged. Uh, the, the, the killed person's kin might slay the killer, uh, whether accidentally or not, and so that's why he, these cities are there. This afforded the person protection until his case was heard. Unawares, as the King, King James says, and unwittingly means accidentally or unintentionally, like we see here in the New King James. <clears throat> and then uh, this would uh, pro uh, this procedure ensured that no one could kill or harm him before he stood before the congregation in judgment. And so <clears throat> it gives a chance for a fair trial. You run into the city so they can't kill you, and and you can give a chance, have a chance to have a trial there. Uh, verse 4 says, And when he flees to one of those cities and stands at the entrance of the gate of the city and declares his, his case in the hearing of the elders of, the, of that city, they shall take him into the city as one of them and give him a place that he might dwell among them. 
And so we find here in verse 4, uh, this verse explains what happened next or should happen for the person's protection. So the person should flee to a city of refuge. He shall stand at the entry, uh, entrance of the gate and declare his cause or state or explain his case to the elders of the city. These elders then take him in, in the city and specify a place for him to dwell among them. Uh, verse 5 says here, Then if the avenger of blood pursues him, they shall not deliver the slayer into his hand, because he struck his neighbor unintentionally, but did not hate him beforehand. And so it is implied here that this person in Gibbs' case, he's found to be, he in this sense, just that person is found to be innocent, and it wasn't intentionally. It wasn't, uh, as he mentions there in verse uh, 5, because he struck his neighbor unintentionally, but he did not hate him beforehand, which means this, he didn't he didn't plan this out. It wasn't an act of vengeance. It's something that happened. Uh, we know that there are cases where there accidents happen. You know, hunting accidents is one thing that comes to my mind. Uh, someone not paying attention, they walk in front of someone's line of, line of fire or line of sight. Um you know, someone shoes not realize that someone is over there. You know, that's why hunters anymore have to wear orange vests. Uh, or, yeah, I believe it's orange. Uh, things like that. And so accidents do happen, obviously. And, and we find here, the idea here is this person is able to flee this city before this relatives come and kill him. Um, and so he's able to come here. That person is able to come here and have his case heard. And then if he is found to be innocent, then he is able to make his home among them there in verse four and give him a place that he might dwell among them. Um, sounds, you know, sounds great. Right? I mean, it sounds, it sounds very logical. Um, and we find that it's, it's a chance to be heard. You know, it's a chance to be heard. Um, you know, today, that ideally and originally that is what our courts are for uh what they're supposed to be for <laughs> uh to have your case your your situation you know the incident had to be able to hear you know that person's side of the story and to be able to decide what is the truth and then move on from there um Verse five says here, they're not. If the avenger of blood pursues him, he shall not. Uh, they shall not deliver the slayer into his hand, because he struck his neighbor unintentionally, but he did not hate him beforehand. So, if they come, if a family member comes to that city saying, "Bring him out to us," they're going to say, "No, <laughs> no, it's it, that's not happening." Um, and so, uh, obviously, you know, it, it's a it's a common, not a good one, but it's a common response where people want to retaliate. Uh, and that here is uh, the cities here are to not only just have a case be heard uh, and have fair uh, judgment, but also for protection <laughs> uh, as well. Uh, because you know, even even accidents, people will retaliate regardless. They just see red, so to speak, uh, and want to retaliate. Uh, but that's not to be done here, not allowed to be to, uh, to be the case here. Verse six says, and he shall dwell in that city until he until he stands before the congregation for judgment. Until the death of the one who is who is a high priest in those days, then a slayer may return and come to his own city and his own house to the city from which he fled. So, uh, the elders I misspoke. Elders do not hear his case, and he, then he he's innocent, right? It's a congregation. The elders hear his case. He's able to dwell there until the whole congregation hears it. Um, I've forgotten some of these things, but um, and so. It's interesting that the elders hear his case before they even allow him to stay. Um, and we'll talk some more about this as we get into this. But then the whole congregation hears it. Uh, we find in verse 6, uh, He shall stand until he stands before the congregation for judgment. Uh, 
until the death of the one and until the death of the one who, who was high priest in those days. So, verse 6, uh, the man must be allowed to live in the city, a refuge until and unless two things take place. The man stands before the congregation for judgment or until the high priest dies. At this point, the slayer may be allowed to return to his own city and house. Isn't it sad he's still called it? He's still called a slayer because of the incident, right? Uh, but he can stay there until he is he uh, stands before the congregation for judgment, or until the high priest there dies, and then he is returned. He's allowed to return to his own city and house. Uh, verse seven says here: So they appointed uh, Kedesh and Galilee in the mountains of Naphtali, Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim, and Kirja, Araba, Araba, I can't pronounce these things, which is Hebron, in the mountains of, Ju- of Judah. And, other so- and on the other side of Jordan, verse 8, by Jericho eastward they assigned uh, Bezer in the wilderness on the plain f- from the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth and Gilead from the tribe of Gad and Golan uh, and Bashan uh, from the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger who dwelt among them. That whoever killed a person, verse 9, accidentally might flee there and not die, not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stand before the congregation. And so there you have it. You have these cities of refuge. There are six, three on each, on, on this, on one, three on one side of the Jordan, three on the other side of the Jordan, as it's worded there in verse 8. Uh... Notice also that there's there's one city of refuge in each of each of the three tribes of, of, of Jordan, as was the case of Jordan. These are the three cities in north, central, and south. Um, these cities on both sides of the river were appointed for all the children of Israel. In this verse, we learn also that these cities were also for strangers that sojourned among them. This means that the sojourner had protection and rights, as did the Jews. God is the God of the Gentiles as well as, as the Jews. All people have the protection from the avenger until they're able to stand before the judges and the congregation. And so that's the seas of refuge there. And it's it's interesting uh, to think about uh, those things, to think about the, the need for that and how uh, the innocent person has to run <laughs> to find this place to, to get to these seas of refuge to, to, so they can be heard and have their case, uh, you know, be able to plead their case for the for the. Uh, uh, the congregation there in verse in verse nine. Um, you know, today we can't run to seize a refuge. You know, today, especially today, uh, and this is not uncommon throughout history. We've seen instances of this where bad things happen unintentionally, and people retaliate on the person who was not trying to harm anyone. It was you know accident, freak accidents happen all the time. You know, someone who gets hurt on the, on the job site, sometimes the employer may have someone coming after him. Um, someone, you know, who's out uh, working with a farmer and they get injured and someone may come after the farmer, uh, you know, things like that. And so, you know, there's a lot of, there's, there's a, of course, there's a lot of logic in this, obviously. But today, you know, there are a lot of times I think, boy, I wish there was a truly a city of refuge for those who, who are claiming? Who, of course, everyone claims they're innocent, right? Where they can go until they can be, so they can be heard, so no one can mess with them until their case is heard, and then judgment is going to be brought out. Um, you know, today people sometimes are going to a quote-unquote witness protection program or something. Um, but the point of of this was was to provide safety 
for those who who accidentally killed someone it wasn't intentional as i said before bad things happen until they can receive uh have their case heard and, and then be judged by the congregation now chapter 21 you have here the the cities of the levites as mentioned and also here also have a cross reference here to first chronicles 6 uh 54 through 81 as we look at chapter 21 now uh and we're gonna some of the we're gonna we're gonna go through this and i, and I don't know how much we're gonna comment on because there is a lot some things still that we may uh you know i don't i don't like to go and discuss long lists of things especially when you're talking about cities and, and things being divided uh things like that which to me uh for our study there's other things that i were to talk about but anyway looking at verse uh one of chapter 21 says then the heads of the father's house, houses of the Levites came uh, near to Eleazar the priest, to Joshua the son of Nun, and to the heads of the father's houses of the tribes of the children of Israel. And they spoke to them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan, saying, The, the Lord commanded through Moses to give us cities to dwell in with their, with their common lands for our livestock. So the children of Israel gave to the Levites from their inheritance at the commandment of the Lord, These cities are, the, are these cities and their common lands. Verse 4 says, Now the lot came out for the families of the Kohathites and the children of Aaron the priest, who were of the Levites, had thirteen cities by lot from the tribe of Judah, and from the tribe of Zimeon, and from the tribe of Benjamin. The rest of the children of Kohath had ten cities by lot from the families of the tribe of Ephraim, from the tribe of Dan, from the half-tribe of Manasseh. And we're going to continue on here, and you'll find the children of Gashon, verse 6, their, you know, their allotment, uh, the children of, of Merah, their allotment, verse 7, the children of Israel gave, gave these cities from their common lands by Levites, as the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses. These people need land, and they're going to need sniffing them out, no matter who you're talking about, especially in, in this time period, uh, because, I mean, there are a lot of people, uh, maybe some larger than others, and they're going to have livestock, <laughs> and so they're going to need a good, good amount of land. Verse 9 says, So they gave from the tribe of children of Judah, and from the tribe of the children of Simeon, these cities which are designated by name, which were for the children of Aaron, of the families of the, of, of the Kohathites, who were the children of Levi, for, for the lots was theirs first. And he goes on to say here, And they gave them Kirja uh, uh, Reba, Reba was the father of Anak, which is Hebron in the mountains of Judah, which with the common land uh, surrounding it. With the fields of the city and its villages, they gave to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as his possession. Thus, to the children of Aaron, the priest, and again, we're getting into more lists now, right? They gave they gave Hebron, with this common land, a city of refuge for the slayer. Living up with this common land, and we find list after listing of numerous cities, right? I'm not going to try to pronounce any of these. But we find lists here in verse 14 uh, and following. Um going all the way down here to as we scroll down all these cities and their common lands right uh, all the way down to I believe I think through the end of the chapter uh, almost verse 43 so the Lord gave to Israel all the land which he had sworn to give to their fathers and they took possession of, of, of it and dwelt in it the Lord gave them rest all, all around, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers, and not a man of all their enemies stood against them. 
The Lord delivered them, delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. Uh, and so we find there in verse 43 through 45, God has kept his word. Everybody gets their land. God is with them. They are blessed. No one's able to, to come against them. They're able to conquer anyone that comes against them. Uh, verse 45, not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. God keeps his word. That's what we were reminded of here. God keeps his word. These people, are, they need land. Everyone gets it. And he they are mentioned here by name. I think for one reason, there's a lot of reasons uh, here we could probably discuss, but one reason is to show that every single one of these of these groups, of these tribes, received uh, the land that was promised to them. God, as you find, find there in verse 45, as we, remount, uh, so we are reminded, kept his word. Now, we get into chapter 22. Um here the Bible says, Then Joshua called the Reubenites, the, the Gadites, and had the tribe of Manasseh, and said to them, You have kept all that the Moses you have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have obeyed my voice and all that I commanded you. You have not left your brethren these many days up to this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God has given rest to your brethren, as he promised them. Now therefore return and go to your tents and to the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave uh, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. But take careful heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, to love, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to hold fast to him, and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went to their tents. What, you know, basically he thanks them for everything they have done. He thanks them for their faithfulness. But like so many other leaders we find in the Bible, he reminds them, you don't stop remaining. You don't stop being faithful to God. You keep following God. You remain loyal to Him. And He says here in verse four, verse four. Now, the Lord your God has given rest to your brethren, as He as He promised them. We drop down to verse five. But take careful heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. Take careful heed, which means you be careful. You be paying attention and make sure that you are following God's word. Because as we already seen in Joshua, when God is with them, they can do anything. They can conquer. Any enemy comes against them. They can overcome any foe. But when they depart, they are made to look foolish because they end up running away with their tail between their legs, as we say to speak, say sometimes. Um, and so they were reminded here in verse 5, take careful heed, he says, to do the commandment, to do the commandment and the law which, which Moses, a servant of the Lord, commanded you. And then he goes on to say, and again, we find a lot of familiar phrases here that we have heard many times before, Old Testament and New Testament. He says, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to hold fast to him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And so they are to keep his commandments. Notice how he says it's to love the Lord your God, to walk in His in all his ways. Notice how loving him and walking with him and keeping his commandments go hand in hand here in verse 5. It's, it's impossible to say that we love God if we're not following his word. And so he says, he says you're to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways. And really I think, you think about it this way, he says, I love the Lord your God, and to me, he really begins to explain how we show our love for God. It's by faithful obedience. To love the Lord your God, and then here it is, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to hold fast uh, to him, to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Four ways mentioned there in verse 5. 
And then in verse 6, he closes by saying, uh, the Bible here, this section closes by saying, So Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went to their tents. Um, and then verse 7, we find that the half tribe of Manasseh uh, is given uh, their possession, uh, but, the, but the other ha- given a possession in Bashan, but to the other half of it, Joshua gave a possession among the brethren on the other side, on this side of the Jordan, westward. And indeed, when Joshua sent them away to their tents, he blessed them and spoke to them, saying, uh, here in verse 8, Return with much riches to your tents, with very much livestock, with silver, with gold, with bronze, with iron, with very much clothing. Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brethren. And so as we continue to go through here, we're going to stop here uh, here at this point here in verse 9. Uh, we're going to find that Joshua continues uh, to, talk, to, to discuss here how these groups are to remain faithful to God, how they are to continue to, to treat their one another fairly, as we find here in verse 8, and to remain loyal to God all along. And so uh, something that we too can still remember today and, and learn from today as well. Okay, we're going to stop there today. I do thank you for being here with me on Bible Studies with Russ. Hope you enjoyed our study together. I hope you join me again next time as we will pick up in Joshua 22 verse 9 and move forward from there. So thank you for being here with me today and hope to see you again next time. We thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting us at BibleWayMedia.org. You can also find us on several uh, social media platforms now. We hope you enjoyed this program. We hope you will share with others. And as always, we thank you for listening.